PhD is an adventure, an odyssey into knowledge for which you must prepare. If you want tips, news, and a little humor about the PhD and about career readiness, that's what I bring you every two weeks here on PhD Dojo. News, tips, grad school stories, listener questions. Here you'll find everything to be a black belt at the PhD and beyond. Welcome to the dojo. Hey, Gad. Hey, David. How are you? Good. Yourself? It's been very good. It's been a long time. It's been, yeah, it's been quite a long time. Uh, and, uh, you know, with the vacations, etc. And the, the, the beginning of the year. And uh, anyway, there was a lot of stuff happening. Uh, but now we are here. We're back. Yeah. For a new, a brand new uh, recording of the PhD Dojo. Today, this question of where are the PhDs? What happens to people once they get out of this ride that is the PhD? And, um, I, you know, it's it's always um, a question uh, that you, you know you, you get from people who are still in graduate school. The, the, there's this unknown of, well, if you don't stay in research, what happens? Um, but uh, I know that you have be, have been given and, and have given recently a workshop on just that subject. So I will let you start, you know, it, it, from your point of view and from the conversations you've had and from the people you've met, where are the PhDs? What happens to them in the job market? I mean, that's the first question because it gives some inspiration to everyone to know finally, because we, we are thinking always there's two ways or three ways, uh, academia, which is a professor position or, or lab manager or lab work uh, in academia. Um, there's people who think about entrepreneurship, which is another very clear way you have to start your company. And the other stuffs, <laughs> so, and the rest, yeah, <laughs> and the rest. Yeah. So, so yes, today we'll talk about the rest. Um, but I will come with a question for you, David. What's your job? You have a PhD. What do you do? I'm kind of in the entrepreneurship side, but but you know, but you know, I'm working uh as a solopreneur you could say anyway freelance yeah freelance and there's different different ways you can uh you can name it but uh i have found my niche in uh the medical communication space doing writing uh doing uh translations uh but all specialized in the biomedical domain so that's that's what happened to me so far now, well, there's the, the the podcast, of course, the podcasting um, aspect. But it's for now, you know, things may may change uh, in the near future. But it, I wouldn't say it's a, a, a professional outcome yet or a job outcome uh, yet. Anyway, I'll keep you posted. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, yeah, for myself, I'm a project manager in technology transfers, and so. Uh, so it's it's another kind of job that you can do with a PhD. So maybe we can, can talk later about it. But um, yeah, um, yeah. Let's start from what what is the ground of the PhD. A PhD is the only um, way to learn the scientific. And when I said scientific, it's 
not just in science technology, but also in humanities, in social science. It's the scientific uh, way of thinking. This is what you learn during your PhD, and you you be an expert in the scientific way of, of thinking. And every thing in this world are based on that. So you make the hypothesis, you find a method to demonstrate this hypothesis, come with the results, you interpret the results, and you, you make a conclusion. And everything is made in this way, finally. Like a lot of things are made in this way. So through the path, you can find some roles which has the same thing. So I'm thinking about all the, first of all, all the analytical role. So everything, every people who are analysts, data scientists, um, it could be analyst in science, but not just in science, but it could be in the, in the, in market research, uh, in IP, uh, IP, it's intellectual properties, but it could be also in, in policy. And I really think that as an analyst, every kind of PhD can have access to analytical roles. So that's one thing that first, first niche that you can find your stuff. We talk about data science, but you don't need to be like a, a computer scientist to be in data science because finally it's graph that you interpret and make conclusion and present your results. So statistical tools and things like that, which you, which everyone, you know, mostly that does anything quantitative will have used during their PhD. Yeah, and, and we think after our PhD that it's an easy task because finally we spend our time to read papers, to find the right uh, data or, or the right uh, results. And it seems like we are super trained and we think that it's easy. But for, for many people, finding the right information somewhere could be very overwhelmed. And because there's too much of data everywhere, uh, how many scientific papers you have every every days, how many uh, journal papers you have every days, and is it a right uh, source? Is it a, all that things uh, could be very overwhelmed for everybody, but yeah, and for us, it's just a tool that we use in our day to day. Exactly. So analyst. So the the first thing I'm getting is anything that says analyst in the jo in the job title is a potential is a potential uh, good target for you. Yeah. The second thing that I'm seeing is everything which is intellectual properties. So you have uh, let's say three to four kind of jobs in intellectual properties. You have uh, the patent agent. Uh, you need a PhD or or master. Uh, you need to do like um, engineering or or in in technology um, uh, patent agent. You need to do engineering or science. Uh, and to be a patent agent, you need a certificate that you 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 you're doing that after two years. Um, but you have to be hired by a, a law firm or a patent agent firm 
uh, hire you for two, three, four years as a consultant, and then you, you are a patent agent after getting the certificate. You don't need to do a law school. But if you are a lawyer, you can be a, an IP lawyer, and after some years of patent, patent as a patent agent, you can go to the law school for three years and be a lawyer. Uh, we can think about the examiner, which is the person who attacked the patent uh, at the government. It's a government. And I don't think you need to be a patent, patent agent to be an examiner. Should verify, but it's, it's another space where you can find masters and PhDs there. Um, technology transfer officer. Uh, this is uh, what I'm doing. Uh, you, you, uh, you need a PhD, PhDO master for that. Um, can work as an analyst, as a project manager. Um, you can work in the business development side or legal side. Uh, so, so it really depends on what you're doing. Um, I'm thinking also about all DHR work. So you can think that recruiter or, or I don't know, manager in human resources, you just need to be a re human resources uh, studies, but it's, it's not true. You can have a PhD. Um, I know some scientific recruiters who has a PhD and they recruit scientists to go in their companies. Do you think about other stuff? So I do have I do have other ideas. So one thing that I've seen is whenever there is an interface between that be it industry and academia or the government and academia, it tends to be populated by PhDs or by people with PhDs. Why? Because these different spaces, be it uh, you know governmental, uh, municipal, or the private, want people who can easily uh, ha have conversations and uh, and um, you know don't need any translation or interpretation services when talking with scientists with researchers. So uh, there's I don't I don't have like job titles per se. Uh, but uh, I imagine some of them will be analysts. Some of them will be um, liaison, uh, some some sort of liaison agent. Uh, I, I think that's a, a big, big space where uh, people with, uh, like you said, a background in research and a, de a degree, uh, a master's or PhD degree, are necessary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm thinking about the people who are working at NSERC or CIHR. Uh, who are program managers uh, or policy uh, policy uh, advisor uh, who know exactly what will be like the next uh, policies from the government and how to translate it to make a program that is valuable for funding research. So politics make like uh, decisions we need a program to apply these decisions and we need to design something. They are PhDs, the people who are doing that because, they, as you said, they need to talk to the right language to be understandable to the, to the scientists and people in the labs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and, and other, I know, so the, the FRQ, the Fonds de Recherche du Québec, have a few very interesting programs now 
for people who just got their degree or who are in their postdoc and the the the, the branches that i'm remem remembering off the top of my head the first one is uh, uh delegations so the quebec the scientific quebec delegations uh, abroad they want scientific uh, uh consultant not consultants but you know scientifics in residence i think that's what they call them exactly for what you were saying because uh they there are projects there are i don't know uh, governmental um priorities that have to do with science and with research and they need someone on the team who can learn what there's to learn on the on the the government side and on the policy side and then sit down with with researchers with universities etc the other one is in the municipal domain so they they want to to get phds to spend i think a year two years in uh in a city as a scientific counselor for that city uh the other one i mean i had mentioned three uh the other one is actually in different ministries so and I, i'm sure that you know the types of problems and issues that you that you're going to be uh dealing with because one of the fears people have you know these conversations of, of what happens to phds so often people say oh they 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 dwindle and and uh and uh, i know die from boredom because they're not in academia anymore and i don't think it's the case no, and you no. know it's not the case because industries private uh, private entities government entities are dealing with co complex projects especially if there's an interface with research yeah exactly so so it's it's uh, there's a lot of challenges even even more complex than making sciences because you deal with real people and people are, are very complex <laughs> so people so, yeah. communities yeah. Uh, uh anyway it's uh, there's a lot of space out there so these are the ones that uh, that have been top of mind uh lately that i wasn't aware of and that i've been made aware of uh, because of these frq programs and that i found are very 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 interesting um very very interesting avenues and that often because uh, i've talked with students about these these programs these frq programs that are that they're currently rolling them out and the person said oh i saw it i saw the announcement but i, I thought it was for someone with you know 10 years of experience uh because it was in a ministry and no that's not it at all the the idea of these programs is to to the, the, i think there's a i think we know there's a surplus of phds coming out compared to the number of spots uh, as a tenured tenured professor they're trying to kind of uh pollinize all these domains with people coming from research and and to to bring this way of thinking and this way of solving problems into these these domains uh for a reason because these domains these domains need people with these types of skills um yeah yeah um i'm thinking about another job name at the top of my end and we can go in in the like say clinical jobs so of course clinical you, you can do research in in a research uh, uh, facility but also in a clinical facility it's, it's especially for health science people but sure biologist or bioengineer could go there uh, very quick very easily um and there's a job that you said like which is msl medical science legion yeah it's true it's true that's a very and and before it was for mds before they hired mds 
And they start to hire PhDs because uh, we we know better the science than MDs. Than the I'm MDs. sorry for that. Sorry, MDs. I know you're great, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, because the yeah, and now they hire a lot of PhDs and looking for like people who has a very knowledgeable background in in in, uh, in chemistry, biochemistry. Uh, you have to talk. You, you need to talk about like molecules and and things like that. But at the same time, you have to be very social because you have to understand the doctors, uh, talk to the doctors, and see how the drugs is going on or or the clinical uh, uh, trials are going on. So there's also the work. Yeah, yeah. Go, go ahead. ahead. Well, which brings me to another one that I that I actually know someone who was uh, in that domain, which is clinical trials. Another another place where people go and do, you know, work around data, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, coming out of their PG is the the agencies that that um, that I don't build and and uh, and uh, how, can, how can you say promote different and uh, different clinical trials. That's another one. Um, and I had just had another uh, another one come up. Um, but in industry, there's research happening in industry, and there there are like research scientific positions out there. So that that's more of a straightforward, you know, line of evolution from coming out of the lab from your PhD or your postdoc, but it's uh, it's in the private sector. Um, yeah, and there's a bunch of people there. I'm thinking also like bi biomedical engineer. So biomedical engineers are the people in the in the in in the hospital who organize the devices maintenance of devices. You need to have like very organized mindset. Uh, because uh, it's it's in the medical sector, so it's 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 very uh, you you need to be like very precise and uh, very very picky. So uh, you, you need these kind of skills. Um, and the medical sector, everybody work in a CRO contract research organization. Uh, it's it's related to the lab and clinical uh, trials. Uh, but also, if you work at the FDA or, or Health Canada, so it's a little bit of policy, but also a little bit of of standards, and also how you you push a drug to the market, but on on the on the side of the government. So you 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 approved the drug in in the after clinical trials. So you work with the clinical trials manager to push the drug on the market and be like arguing with this person, like to organize how the data should be. It's very scientific work, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Then, then of course, you mentioned it uh, in passing. A lot of people end up building their own uh, consulting profile and even eventually business. Um, but a lot of people uh, that, that, um, that I've seen, they, you, you get such an expertise in a, in a specific subject that often, depending on uh, whether it's a subject that's important or, or that's needed you know, in the market, very often you can easily transition out from doing your PhD or, you know, your postdoc, whatever, to, to, to uh, helping clients through consulting based specifically on your expertise that's another one that i've seen and that I've, I've interviewed people that have followed that uh that path yeah like uh, like uh, like a scientific consultant or 
or you know you you are an expert in a specific type of market medical technologies for example yeah. well no, the one that's in vogue cannabis you know uh, I've, i've you know i've interviewed people specifically that were working on some aspect i think a human aspect of of that a sociological aspect and they end up uh, being uh, being consultants in that domain on the business side um you can think like about the people working banks so you can be you can be like uh, an analyst project manager even even an ip in person in banks um or even even like a, a vc analyst like a venture capital analyst is more for venture capitals but uh, you can think on the bank side you can imagine that a startup deep tech company goes to to raise fundings but uh, to allow them to get the funds you need to understand the technology first so what kind of technology they they are doing uh, what kind of uh, intellectual property they have what what will be their business and it's very analytical work um that you you can think of also i'm thinking about consulting manager consulting manager talk, talk it's, about it's it's um it's it's like as you said a consultant but you can be a freelance consultant but you can work for mckinsey boston uh, consulting groups all that type of jobs where you need very um let's say uh uh problem solving skills because in this kind of work it's a, you have always one quick question that a company is come comes to you and says like how can i get more money can you help me so you have to analyze all the company and and things like that um yeah i'm thinking also like um while you're thinking one that uh, i i know someone who has this title is uh field um field application scientist field application And, scientist yeah this is in the is this is very in the very in uh bio uh, uh specific uh, but yeah that's one that I know. you have the same kind of work in engineering so you work for a company and you it's it's more marketing job uh so field application engineer it's like you uh the sales may sell a product and you have to train the people to the product so let's say a, a lab equipment uh, it could be uh, uh it could be uh, something like like um any kind of equipment and you have to go to the to the client train them so you have like good teaching skills uh and um and then you make the client support because maybe the equipment is several uh 100,000 or millions of dollars so so it could be and um i don't know i don't know for the for your friend but uh this is the same kind of equipment so you you have like you need to do to support the client with their specific fields And yeah. these these are such complex uh, uh, apparatuses that you need you know no the only person who'll be able to teach how to use it is someone who 
worked on research on this type of, of, mm -hmm. uh, of device. Yeah, we nailed the device. Like, yeah, yeah that's yeah. it. So the other, the other now I'm looking here in, on LinkedIn, and the other one that we so I, I've mentioned research scientists. So that's something I mentioned. Uh, the other one that I'm seeing is scientific advisor, uh, and then that can, that evolves to uh, medical scientific director or medical director again in the pharma, uh, the pharma because that's my my space. But you can really evolve, you know, starting at a position that's maybe more marketing in the beginning, uh, or that's more a liaison like like a MSL. There's space, uh, the space for you. PhDs out there to then evolve into other uh, other um, positions of, of larger scope and responsibility. Yeah, we always think about the R and D engineer. So it's it's either you you are you doing an R and D in 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 companies, but finally, what I, what I understand about how company works uh, because you have to understand how company works. So who decide in the company? Where we where we go the next products? It's not the R and D side; it's the marketing side. So the marketing say to the R and D, "Okay, I need this data because I have to demonstrate that it works. Like the the company, the, the the product that I would like to make work is working. And uh, at some point, if it's not working, they cut funds and uh, you you work on the other stuffs. So." <laughs> So this is how it works. Um, and and finally, I saw a lot of R&D people who were just like loving the lab, loving the, the, the things. But finally, they have their PhD and they would like to be on the decisions. So they're going on the marketing side. Um, on the marketing side, you have product manager. Um, it's, it's more marketing job than a research job. Um, because you have to talk to the client and validate all like uh, the market, if there's a market for the future products. Um, we can think about UX, uh, user experience researchers or engineers, which is equally, yeah. It is, it's very current and it's very, it's, it's very modern. And uh, I, I was surprised a lot of people coming from like psychology and and, and domains like that to, that that are really well suited with their PhD training for that type of position. I heard the other day that Ubisoft uh, hired uh, people who has PhDs in history just for their games, you know. Uh, so very 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 interesting. Now, God, one of the other positions that I've heard that actually got me curious, and you, I think you probably know exactly what it's about. When someone uh, with a PhD that I'm, you know, I'm going through LinkedIn, find someone and says chief innovation officer. What, what's that type of position exactly? A chief innovation officer, you can think about it, you're in a startup company and um, it's a position, uh, it's a, it's an executive position. You are the boss of the innovation of the in the company. So it's it's like in, if you work in a, a medium size or large company, 
you will be the project manager, but uh, in the in the startup company, who say that you're a chief innovation officer. So, so it's not so far from. I would say, like, it really depends because you know, in the it's the tight the title in in a startup company are very relative. Um, so you have CTO, so technical officer, or scientific officer, sometimes CSO. Uh, CIO, so innovation officer, is more the person who um, try to find like what will be the next uh, innovation for for the company. But uh, you don't have a team; you alone. Except if you are in a in a in a, in a very growing up startup where you have like 20, 40 employees. But this is yeah, this is make make mainly what you do. Now. Well, while we're getting, you know, we're getting towards the end of the this conversation. One of the things that I know is a challenge for people out there, and uh, and that's actually statistics. It's not. It's less a challenge for guys than for girls, apparently. Which is the job postings that you see, very rarely say PhD required or, you know, sometimes PhD is an asset. Yeah, well, sometimes it appears. What it looks like from our conversation is that PhDs are, you know, everywhere. Basically, you know, in in wherever there's innovation, there's uh, there's R and D, there's um, decision making that needs uh, that requires analysis of large amounts or or complex uh, data sets or information sets. PhDs are suited to be in those places, but. Often the challenge is, oh, but I don't see, you know, when I see, and apparently women, when they see uh, a job posting that has a lot of things that does, don't fit exactly their profile, they tend to uh, apply less than guys. But forgetting that, if you are, you know, in your PhD, in your postdoc, and you want to start looking at other other things, I feel that one of the things that happens is that people kind of shoot themselves in the foot by disqualifying themselves for job postings that might be interesting for them. Do you have any advice for for this part of like job hunting and, and job posting analysis and choice? Yeah, so we gave a lot of keywords today. So it's keywords. So sometimes the title is a bit different. Check who has the same keywords. So who has who's consulting manager and maybe what we've talked about today is could be interesting to you and you and you would like to be a, a bit more curious about it so my maybe it's a good idea to contact somebody who who's a consulting manager for example i'm taking just an example but uh, who's consulting and manager and and ask them for for an inf- informational interview so so you will understand what's the day-to-day for a consulting manager what was their role and maybe you will be like um very uh, surprising and and think like it's for you maybe it you will think that it's not for you and pick another role and do the same thing so so it's more like like um like that so it's one thing the second one is we we all know our, our as you said like the imposter syndrome like 
when you read something, it's just like, well, it's not for me. I don't understand what they're talking about. Um, what are they talking about? PMP? What's that? You know, it's so. So, the, so I understand that there's a little bit of jargon to 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 know, but the more you you do that work of picking information, the more you will understand the jargon. That's one thing. The the thing about the PhD title, go through it. Like even if it requires a bachelor, and you think that the role is for you, and you think that a role match with what you would, would you would love to do after your PhD, go for it. You have the experience. You didn't learn it, and and you didn't learn it as the others. So beyond that, you have the experience, and you have like the skills. Um, and and the skills you learn it with research with research through the research, like by the research through the research. Um, so I don't think it's it's you if it if you like love it, do it. Like try to understand what is the role, or even call somebody who has the same role to understand what 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 kind of position it, it is. Actually, often I'm thinking of LinkedIn. Uh, there's someone that's responsible for hiring, and so, sometimes it appears who the person uh, uh, is that is putting the posting out there. So why not also talk to that person and maybe say and maybe ask there they they could be the first you know lower barrier to access person to ask more details about about it. But I th I find this interesting this this point of yours of if if it's uh attractive to you go for it uh, and i think that's a good rule of thumb it's it's uh you need minimum a bachelor okay yeah you have a master and a phd so go for it <laughs> if it requires yeah if it requires a master you have it <laughs> you have it that's true you fulfill the, the the requirements now what something that can happen and i have had people share the stories of this is you getting to the interview and the, the person saying uh, the or the, the team in front of you saying um it this would be a great fit but uh we feel for some reason uh that you having a phd is not going to be uh, you know is going to impact something negatively be it other colleagues or whatever i think in that case you just need to accept that you need to take the positive you know you you the, usually people say if it's tell you if they if they think the fit would have been good in terms of skills but you know getting that that first position or, or changing jobs is it's a it's not a you know it's not one one shot one uh, one bird uh, it's it's a it's a statistics game so you you need to be to do a few interviews except that in some of them for some reason the fit will not be there from their side and and just move move forward yeah and the interview is there they they would like you to know if you fit with the company so and fit with the team and if you don't fit with the team it's not nothing about your skills and your 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 path it's, it's just because you don't fit with the team and the company and uh, you're not the right person and that's fine you will be the right person for somebody else I have a feeling that in the coming years, more and more companies will, you know, will 
will hear you say, uh, and I have a PhD in this, and will take it naturally. And I think r right now, th some there might be some surprise uh, on their side uh, in in different organizations. But I think it will change uh, for the better in the coming years because, um, oh, because of this thing, this that we're doing here, Gad and I, but also because of the of the the movement. Uh, the movement, the global movement, uh, and and the fact that so many people are coming out with with uh, PhD degrees, that it's becoming less of an unknown and more of a, a recognized uh, asset. Mm. Exactly. So we talked about not being afraid of the lists of things requi required in or ideally required uh, in job postings they're just indicative of the best case scenario for the employer but if something if you feel some attraction to a position go for it and make your case you need you're going to need to make your case um uh then yeah the the the, the last thing that i that i mentioned is i've heard repeatedly of people hiding the fact that they have phds because of this perception that if i say i have a phd i will be seen as overqualified and maybe over demanding or maybe that i just want to get this position uh for you know as a stepping stone for something else um it's a bit saddening to me but i guess it reflects this ignorance uh you know this this lack of knowledge of what a PhD is and uh, and what it can bring to a team. Um, so I, I wish I wish I stopped hearing these stories going forward. And again, uh, hopefully, hopefully I will, and and people will have less and less trouble finding their path, their professional path after their degree. Um, I don't know. Do you have some some final words, Gat? Um, yeah, I, it's. Um... On the employer side, well, there's um, employers who do, doesn't know what what is a PhD and what it is. But at the end of the day, they they will be happy with you. Like, I'm I'm sure of it. So um, the the stats say, says these things. So uh, great. There's the last um, type of jobs that I didn't talk about, and and I think it's very great for the last words. Um, it's project management in business development. So business development is a, is a great job. And the second lab is looking for somebody. Oh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> awesome. So, so it's looking for um, a full-time uh, person in business development and project management. Uh, uh, and you will work with us. So uh, that would be, uh, um, that would be awesome. So if you, interested you can do you you can go to our linkedin page and uh you will find the 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 position what type of of goals does a person in this type of position have so we d we develop a, a, a mentorship and professional development program um for phds masters and, and postdocs so this is what we, we will do um and you're trying and to develop the model, is that it? Yeah, yeah. We developed the second lab model um, bigger, like uh, in, in, a, in, in a bigger, in, yeah, we're scaling up. 
Excellent. Well, if you're listening and if uh, helping the, the community uh, is something that you might love doing, don't hesitate to contact Gad to find The Second Lab on LinkedIn. Uh, and uh, they're a great team. Uh, I have uh, uh, I have uh, interacted with the mentees and they're also cool and, and interesting people. And um, yeah, I can only I can only recommend you you contact them and you see whether it's a good match for you yeah thank you david (laughs) (laughs) my pleasure again my pleasure uh and um yeah uh, i think this is it for uh for this uh this return of the phd dojo of course you know looking back phds are in a lot of places there's no specific so there's no specific place where they go um, but some keywords are there. If you listen back, if you take notes, you will find it. And, and, and then you take those notes on, onto LinkedIn or wherever you look for job postings, you will see that you'll start seeing um, seeing postings that might be of interest to you. And then it's just a question of you uh, telling your story of, uh, of uh, your academic uh, journey and then making parallels and 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 making a point of why you you would love doing this job and uh, and what's your motivation behind it and what skills you bring from your academic journey that you can leverage to help the organization be it a private organization a governance organization to help them reach their goals i think that's that's the main thing yeah and and, and beyond that there's non for profit and universities because there's this phd at the university services so yeah, 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 um, and uh, yeah. I think it's. Uh, I, I I love what I did after research. So, <laughs> and I'm hearing a lot of people who say that. So um, no, so no, for sure. It, yeah. It's uh, there's a lot of very fulfilled people out there. A bunch of them uh, on the podcast. So go listen to to uh, to to older episodes if you want to get inspired. But um, the point is. There are positions out there. There is a need out there for people like you. So don't hesitate to look at what's outside your university walls and to start asking around and and trying to find out where what would be a great fit for you or where you could be a great fit for another for a team. So that's it. God, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, David. It's been great seeing you again after these few months and um, and looking forward to this new season of the PhD Dojo. If you liked this episode of the PhD Dojo, go to papaphd.com forward slash subscribe and follow the show on your favorite platform. Also, if you're on a platform that allows you to leave stars or to leave a review, please do so. I'll be glad to read it and to give you a shout out on a future episode. Thanks again and see you on the next episode of PhD Dojo.